Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. It's a teen drama fan cast. The teen drama finale cast. Finale cast. I was trying to do a little bit more dramatic stuff in there. And I just... But the problem is I didn't really, like, say know what I was going to say before I said it. So words just came out of so your words mouth? So words came out, which kind of feels like it fits with this finale. For those of you who are new, he's Kevin Weir, I'm Aaron Weir, and we watched Riverdale. We watched the season three finale of Riverdale, and here's so here's our spoiler-free talk about it, I guess, very quickly. Um, it definitely was finale-ish. Like it was, it was more of a finale than last year's finale. I feel like, like I felt, I felt like I got more resolution and less rage. Uh, but but also, resolution in very weird ways, though. Also, so many questions. Yeah, it, well, it kind of just feels like they just they were like did worried a bunch we wouldn't stuff. come back. Yeah, they did a bunch of stuff, and we'll have to deal with that as we go through it. I guess. So I had a super fun week. I watched iZombie today. Yeah, and starring well mildly guest starring in a very mi- minor role as someone who dies and has his brain eaten yeah was the guy who played moose oh and i was delighted but i kept looking at him and being like mm, darren chris look at you and then i was like it's not darren chris <laughs> so i had to do a google and i was like oh moose yeah darren chris yeah yeah moose and then i discovered something this week what well so I was watching some YouTube because of the whole James Char- Charles Tati drama. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Are you familiar with this? Jane, James Charles Tati? No. <laughs> James Charles is a 19-year-old boy who does makeup on the yeah. internet. Yeah. Also has, like, had an insane rise to stardom. Do you remember when there was a boy who was a cover girl model? That actually does sound familiar, yeah. That was him. Okay. So he had, like, a crazy rise to stardom, and he got, like, a Morphe palette, and he was invited to the Met Gala. Yeah. And then Tati, who is like a grown-up yeah. makeup guru, like grown woman, probably in her forties, yeah, considered herself like a mother to him. But then he betrayed her okay. by advertising her competitors' hair and nail vitamins, Sugar Bear Hair, okay. instead of her own hair and nail vitamins. Okay. And she was offended by his betrayal, and because she was so mad at him, she revealed many of his like inappropriate predatory natures. Uh, oh, so he got milkshake ducked. Oh, he sure did. Uh, and now apparently he's canceled because that's a thing. This is not great. Of I, I, I feel like this is a situation where everyone's bad. However, so I was watching some of that on YouTube, and that yeah. made YouTube be like, "You want other celebrity drama?" <laughs> oh, great! And I was like, "Well, they're not celebrities, but all right, YouTube." Well, they're U- the celebrities to YouTube, so it's true. It's in YouTube's best interest to treat them as much as celebrities as possible. So in that spiral, if you want this news, and I was like, I don't, but you're giving it to me, so all right. Yeah. I discovered that Camila Mendez and Charles something, the handsome young man who plays Reggie, yeah. are dating oh. IRL. Oh. And if there's one thing that CW shows love, it's making real-life couples date on their TV shows. <laughs> That's going to break their mind, though. Yeah, things are going... <laughs> mm. All right. I don't know. He Charles Smelton. That's his name. The Yeah, the guy who's in uh, The Sun is also a star. Yeah. So she did a tweet saying that he was, like, the most talented and amazing person in the world. And he just responded, I love you. The Sun is also a star... Um, as a title, is the most, like, YA title for something. It's true. It's, like, yeah. mildly deep, but also 
Well, it's 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 like statement of a fact in a deep way. Yeah, in a deep way. It's very similar to. I mean, this is not a statement of fact, but like the fault in our stars. Yes. Yeah, where it's like, oh, here's a sentence that is, or a walk to remember. A walk to remember. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which yeah. could be a walk down the aisle, but could also be a walk while you have cancer. Yeah. I mean, there's also... I haven't seen any of these movies. There's also... No, she does not have cancer. And Walk to Remember is Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore? Doesn't Mandy Moore have cancer? I don't think she has cancer in that movie. Someone definitely dies in that movie. I, well, I mean, yes, but I'm, I'm sure it's like a loving parent has cancer. Because that, that was back in the time when the main character... When it wasn't the sickness porn that you would get with a lot of modern movies. Um, with, like, let's make the main characters very sick. Usually, usually that one's like, my mom is very, very sick. Hello, in My Girl, the little boy dies because okay. of bees. Yeah, but I mean, that's but that's a different kind of movie. I tried to Google what is a watch remember about, and Google was like, what is warts? And I was like, mm, like, like, like it, nope. My Girl has more in line with Bridge to Terabithia. Okay. Whereas about youth sadness versus something like a watch remember, which is about, like, dramatic emotional love. But that's, like, the same type. Time is The Notebook, which is about Alzheimer's. But that's about old people reminiscing on their past. Old people having Alzheimer's. Yes. This is not a quick look up for me. Okay, we should probably get into the episode, because this is going to be a little bit of one. Though, there's actually long parts where we're going to just sort of say one thing. But where, I think like, we, things happen. But I think, I think we're going to... I think we're going to get into it. Because this is yeah. Riverdale, Season 3, Episode 22, Survive the Night. Apocalypto. So I whispered apocalypse. So yeah, we gotta go, we gotta we gotta hit something for a second here. <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm not crazy, and at least I had Aaron there with me last week when we watched the Riverdale episode last, last week, week on Netflix. This episode was called Apocalypto. Before that, it was called Survive the Night, and now it's called Survive the Night. Why? But, but at some point, it was called Apocalypto. It was definitely called Apocalypto, and we were like Mel Gibson. Yeah, we mentioned it because I'm like, that's a that's a weird movie to make your reference to. Uh, Apocalypto. I mean, some of their references are weird, but this was like super weird. Yeah, weird to be Apocalypto, but it's not. It's now Survive the Night. So uh, let's begin where it begins, where Tony made. The weirdest choice a character has made in this TV show. Because Tony has some parent or a grandfather. Tony just knows that the best person to run to with this information is not Penelope Blossom. Because most of Tony's interaction with Penelope Blossom is Penelope Blossom gay bashing her daughter or secretly sending her to the very place Tony ran away from. It's true. But she didn't think she was going to Penelope. She just thought she was going to Cheryl's house. Unfortunately, Penelope was at Thistle House <laughs> getting letters. Man, but I, I guess maybe the idea is supposed to be that she was supposed to, she was going to get there, call her gang, and then do something with that. But instead, she's opening up to Penelope Blossom. And it does seem that Thistle House might be near the Sisters of Quiet. So on and so forth. I don't know. Two times in this uh, uh, episode, someone run there from uh, the Sisters of Quiet Sorrow. So uh, she's talking to Penelope, and Penelope likes it. Yeah, she. Uh, Tony's knocked out by a uh, tea by a tea drug tea, and then Penelope goes, "Thank you for the information. It was very timely." 
Cool. And at that moment, at that moment, we knew she was up to no good. Yeah. I have yeah. a question, Kevin. Yeah. Where's that baby? Somewhere. Where the, is that baby? I, I have to assume Grandma Rose has it. I sure hope so. Or the nice prostitute. Or the nice prostitute. Because none of the prostitutes are dead. <laughs> Literally every prostitute except for uh, Penelope. Penelope is the nice prostitute. Here's All right. true. Uh, okay. This beginning part is a bunch of really rapid scenes and then long scenes and then rapid scenes again. So we're just going to shoot some things at you. Uh, so uh, Jughead and FP talk about the killer. Essentially you're just being like, so them killers are still about, eh? Oh, this is the final episode of the season. We better wrap this up. FP says to Jughead, me and you got to figure this out. And I'm like, what a weird relationship. Because we <laughs> saw all those police officers last episode. <laughs> we see them repeatedly. How many police officers? How would you feel as a police officer who is like, probably was, you know, done training, done all this stuff, and then your sheriff is just like, this is my boy. He's a detective now. <laughs> he does all my detecting. <laughs> I don't need any of you. Get your grappling hooks out of here. <laughs> but there's so many of us now. You hired so many of us. Well, I don't need you. <laughs> Wait. Can you walk around crime scenes and look important? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to keep my job. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I can do that. But don't question my boy. Can, can you only show up to do arrests where I cannot be implicated in them as a bad character? Sh- sure. Essentially, they, they send in all these other cops to do the bad arrests, but yeah. FB does the good arrests. So if someone needs to arrest my son's best friend, you guys go. <laughs> but if I need to arrest, like, big business evil man, I do that. That's the deal. God, I hate this sheriff. Anyway, the main point of the scene is that Jughead is like, hey, remember that thing that happened very early on when um there was the uh, matchbook in... Uh... In Baby Teeth's throat, which I kind of forgot it was inside his body. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, uh, oh, the, the, Kurtz had to have gone that from the Maple Club, so how about we take his, his mugshot there? And I'm like, yeah. Didn't they already go to the Maple Club to investigate mm. Baby Teeth's murder? Yeah, but they only talked to Penelope, and then they got distracted by the drugs. Oh, that's true. They, no, it would have made sense. It, like, I'm actually shocked that this is a thing they brought up. That essentially, these two are just bad police officers, which makes sense. Jughead's a kid, and FP <laughs> is a gang member. FP also has zero training in being a sheriff. <laughs> I know, exactly. So, of course, they didn't bring, like, hey, do you recognize this man? This man who we know has been cooking the drugs. I guess maybe they didn't have a photo of Kurtz beforehand, but still, I feel like they would have been like, we got to find have a photo of him. Kurtz. There's a twitchy man with a round face and lanky hair. You know who I mean? Anyway, so uh, he's going to go to the Maple Club with that. Uh, Betty is about to get... A lobotomy. It's a lobotomy, right? Yeah, they're going to drill into her head. Though, though, what? So what's bizarre to me is that so she has, like, dotted lines, like they're going to cut her open and take her brain out, but then he takes out the um, the ice pick and he oh. puts it, like, in her ear. And I'm I, like, that's not how a lobotomy works. I can explain to you why they drew those lines. Yeah. They only know for phonetics. Oh, so they were measuring her head to Phrenology. figure out where the where the yeah. Well, well, no, but disobedience but lies. The thing is that the tools he was using is an inter is a interocular lobotomy, the one that goes in through the eye. It's weird. It's just it's creepy stuff. But he is interrupted. Thank goodness, Penelope Blossom is there. <laughs> Evelyn comes in and says, "Dad, someone's here for you." And Kevin said, "Why did she say, Dad?" And I said, because Penelope Blossom's there. It's crazy to think that Evelyn would let Penelope Blossom walk that close to the uh, to the surgical room where Penelope could just peek her head and be like, hello. Penelope would like it. <laughs> well, and he doesn't Penelope, know that. Penelope, in fact, 
does like it. She wants to buy all the organs. In bulk. For reasons we don't know. Well, here's the thing. Well, let's sort of jump ahead to the... to. Oh, no, wait. Well, no, we can't jump ahead. That would be a spoiler. We definitely can't jump ahead. Here's what we're going to say. Penelope says, I want to buy the... I want to make a purchase in bulk. Oh, and, maybe she wasn't buying the organ. Oh, I see. Yeah, you see what I... Yeah. You, it, it, what, what I'm getting across is that it was just... Much like a lot of this episode, misleading and dramatic dialogue that doesn't have any payoff. Well, I have a question later, and I'll ask it later. So Jughead, uh, carrying on from before, learns that Kurt uh, did used to go there, because he's talking to one of the nice prostitutes. But he would only visit Penelope. You know, the Red Dahlia. Don't take your name off of someone whose entire, like, famous history is being killed. Yeah. Way to go, Penelope. You did it wrong. <laughs> like, that is... That's a bad name to choose. It'd be like if I if I named myself the Zodiac Killer Victims. Well, Kevin, we move on quickly from that dumb name because... Oh, wait. They, they do say... Well, Jughead said... I was going to oh, that. Oh, sorry. I thought you were... Jughead's like, hmm, I see. He only visited Penelope. Did anyone else visit Penelope? Like Jason? <laughs> like anyone with red hair doing it? It's like, oh, yeah, you mean Jason, her son. How does this person not know Jason Blossom is dead? They, these people aren't from Riverdale. No, he, she imported those prostitutes. I, like, that's the only option. And they've never heard about what what apparently, once again, was like the catalyst murder. I mean, if your boss is Penelope, she can just be like, it was lies. <laughs> he wasn't actually murdered. Uh, Look, you can see him here. Oh, God. His corpse. Yeah. All right. So... Um, Edgar Evernever is very concerned that they have been compromised. They have had too many people escape. Yeah. To... <laughs> All right, this is getting untenable. And Betty need... keeps coming there. We need to get ready for ascension. But then Alice comes up and she's like, hey, where's my daughter? And Edgar's like, um. Mm, don't worry about it. Ascension tonight. And Evelyn's, hey. like, Evelyn's like, she likes to escape. She escaped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like, when, I like that she says escape, that Alice goes, escaped, and Edgar's like, don't worry about it, because that's such a bad term to use. <laughs> no. She should have been like, Betty chose to go home. She doesn't want our protection. Yeah. And then then Cheryl is just allowed to walk around. Well, I don't think she's allowed. <laughs> they say later that she's sequestered to her room, but in this scene, she's just standing right behind Alice, just, be, just thinking about the things Alice has said. And I'm like, why is she... Not chained up somewhere. Cheryl's also thinking, I know Betty didn't escape. Yeah. <laughs> I almost escaped. Wait, they're lying? <laughs> Do you think she very quickly got re-brainwashed? It's possible. <laughs> it's There's nothing saying that she did not get very quickly re-brainwashed. Well, first, we have a very short scene where we find out that Hermione has been given all of Hiram's holdings, actually, except for... Actually, hang on. The lawyer says Veronica and Hermione both get it. No, no, no. Okay, so Hermione he... gets everything, including okay. the Pembroke, it, which she already owned, mm. except that she and Veronica get co-ownership of Pop Tates and the Secret Speakeasy. That's what it is. I, I will say that... So you say that um, Hermione already owned the Pembroke. I am now, I now believe that the canon explanation for everything is that Hiram's business dealings is he just lies that he sells things to people. He's like, no, totally, I'll sell this to you, and then doesn't? No, but in season one, Hermione said we have to live in the Pembroke because it's the only piece of property that's under my name, not Hiram's. It's but, the only piece of property they had left. No, they were just lucky that Hiram did a very good job of lying about that one. Also, 
don't you think they would they would that's something that the show definitely would do they'd be like no actually you don't own it Hiram did he just lied to you it's like that doesn't make any sense Hiram I- lied so well that he filled in all the legal documents <laughs> but yep. in his heart he didn't give it to her well well, that carries on because uh, Veronica, Veronica asks about one specific piece of property, and that is El Royale, which now Archie is the sole owner of. Which he was before. No, Hiram lied to him because this is Hiram's. Ta- this is Hiram's real estate tactic: is to tell people he's selling them property and then not actually sell them that property. I mean, to be fair. He did not tell Archie he was selling it to him. No money was exchanged, yeah. nor did Archie just, sign any papers. He just says it's yours. Archie was just confused. I like the canon that Hiram's business dealings is he just tricks people into giving them fake contracts. <laughs> now, Molly Ringwald Andrews gets her one line this episode, which is, That's a very generous present. Are you dating this girl? <laughs> which is, I guess, supposed to set up for later. Sure, you get man, get at that in there, will you have time because things are about to pick up. And things are gonna go fast. Because the doorbell rings, there's a very fancy delivery. Oh, a black box saying it's for Archie and his and his his overly doting mom does not comment upon this creepy box. It is in fact uh delivered to Archibald Andrews. Mm. And I'm just gonna sidebar. Are they never, ever going to talk about the fact that FP went on a trip and just never returned? You or, sorry, FP, Luke Perry Andrews? I don't know. They'll, they'll probably deal with the next season. They didn't even... <sighs> well, pro- what what it, what I think it is, is that I don't know necessarily that was his last... I mean, I, you would know because I think you looked stuff up. That was his it, last episode. He hasn't filmed anything else. Yeah, but I, that's what I mean. Like, I don't know if that meant that was his last episode and he couldn't film anything else. Or if, like, they that was where they planned on him ducking out of the season anyways. There's no way they were like, we'll just do a parent switch. Yeah, well, who knows? Aaron, who knows? <laughs> anyway, sidebar, it turns out all of our leads who are not currently having lobotomies uh, received this box. <laughs> and it says, go there, go alone, don't bring your cell phones. And the kids are like, so this is a trap, right? It's and, 100% a trap. And none of them hide a cell phone? None of them make any attempt to like play with this definite trap the boys have a lot of clothes on yeah like they could like cha- tape a cell phone to their junk and and i mean or or like veronica could hide it like somewhere where no one would like look for it i don't her know her junk her junk she could hide it in her junk all of them could have junk phones is what i'm saying well, but they they agree it is a trap yeah. but they're gonna fall into it anyway but unfortunately there's one person who cannot have a junk phone because betty wakes up in what Aaron. <laughs> was horrifically assuming was Edgar's room. I really was really fancy. I was like, oh no. Oh, she's going to have sex with her brother. No, but we do- <laughs> but we don't know where um uh where she wakes up, but she does find a dress it's like, wear this dress and come down for dinner. It is a princess dress, by the way. She wears that beautiful dress. She somehow manages to pin her hair up. She wipes off her lobotomy makeup. And now now the show is going to get weird, and we're going to start trying our best to... Stay part. on track. Yeah. So she goes down the stairs, and she sees her three friends, who are also dressed up. And Penelope. And Penelope is like, welcome to my murder dinner. Ah uh, ha You see, you're in the haunting lodge on Thistlewood Grounds. Ooh. Ooh. And then she welcomes a servant, 
and Betty immediately recognizes Sister Woodhouse. She's got a gun. So. Turns out Sister Woodhouse taught Penelope everything she knew about poisons. And then through some reason. Killed all her nun friends. (laughs) But she didn't die. Which I feel like there should have been somewhere mentioned that, hey, Sister Woodhouse's body is not here. Well, maybe she used, like, a Romeo and Juliet poison. Where she appeared to be dead, but then awoken in the coroner's office. Well, because they don't explain it to us, we can assume anything we want. I assume she used a robot body double. That's more reasonable in this show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, So Penelope talks for a little bit. She explains the nuns had to be killed because there were loose ends. And the children say, are we loose ends? And she says, oh no, you're supporting players. (laughs) But time to bring in... The leads or something. And then... <laughs> and in come our good old serial killer friends wearing their serial killer costumes. They had... I, I have to assume they had to be like, uh, I want to wear my mask. They won't recognize me if I don't. They won't know it's me, the Black Hood. <laughs> yeah, so Hal walks in with the mask. And I thought the reason he was wearing the mask all the time was they're going to reveal that it wasn't Hal. No, it is Hal. It is 100% Hal. In fact, when he pulls off the mask, there's a stinger, and I'm like... Well, yeah. yeah, you're doing the thing we thought you were doing. This is not a twist. But then uh, the Gargoyle King is about to remove his mask and Penelope. He's like, wait, hold on a second. Jughead, who I have a weird obsession with now. You're very smart. Who's the Gargoyle King? <laughs> and Jughead is like, well, I'll quote uh Sherlock. Allow me to do Sherlock Holmes. Allow me to quote Arthur Conan Doyle that when you remove uh, <laughs> all the impossible, no matter how improbable, the answer must be... Charles. It's Chick. He's the Char- only he's yeah. the, he's the only person left. Yeah, it's Chick. Right. Charles is the fake is his real his real name is Chick. His real name is which Chick. Which he said was a short name for Charles, but yes. it is just Chick. His name could also be something else. Yeah, who we knows? just don't know what his name is. It is him, and he dyed his hair red, which for this one scene will be neon. I'm hoping that Penelope is standing near him, like shining a red flashlight on him. Yeah, so Chick is not dead and the reason he's not dead is aaron hal was impressed by his running skills and sensed an instant murderous kinship i'm glad you i'm glad you focused that out because i have no idea what other thing hal could have connected with to make chick his apprentice other than man that boy runs real good (laughs) okay to be fair he did live in that house with chick for a time until he moved himself out so maybe he always liked his creepy tendencies But he was just getting too close to revealing that Hal was the Black Hood, so he was like, gotta remove myself. But man, I love that creepy boy. Anyway. Anyway, he loves that creepy boy. So now prepare for an onslaught of motivation. Uh, Penelope is angry at Riverdale. Because Riverdale, Riverdale. Yeah. Not Sister Woodhouse. The person who actually did it. Riverdale allowed her to be adopted by the Blossoms to marry Clifford Blossom, which filled her with rage. Which is something that she has repeatedly said is a secret and no one knows. Then she got angry at our lead character's parents because they, <laughs> they told didn't. her. and Or she told them and they didn't stop it. Then she says they just made fun of me, which we did not see at any point. So, once again, the only background we saw was from Alice. So, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Honestly, the only important thing is that from her perspective, it's true. And then, her son died, and no one was nice to her. 
even which though, is also objectively untrue. Yeah, because they went, they like, for a few things, they were nice to her, and two, she was a terrible person during that entire process and would push people away. But during season one of Riverdale, the Blossoms were the wealthiest family in town, and everyone, like, gave them everything they wanted. Yeah, like, it's, it's... Now, to be fair, Penelope's insane. Yeah. Nothing like, she says is correct. Yeah, like, like we have to go under under the baseline that she is just, like, she has claimed herself as a victim and has victimized... And to be fair, yes, it like, she's had terrible stuff happen to her. But very clearly, it's Sister Woodhouse who did that. Sister Woodhouse did, in fact, sell her to Grandma Blossom. <laughs> Nana Rose. Nana Rose, Kevin! Yeah, it's... I don't... Although I guess she did poison Nana Rose for a long time and also push her down the stairs. Well, no, yeah, she ha- Penelope is. You sort of reached a point where, like, I think we're supposed to be like, yeah, Penelope is like sympathetic. No, I don't. Oh no, you think we're supposed to think she's crazy? Yes. The the though the reason the thing that makes me hesitate is they do give her scene like this earlier scene when she's talking about how like all like women empowerment through murdering men, and also when. Madeline Petish was playing her in the flashback episode. Yeah. She was actually very vulnerable and like very yeah likable. Yeah, but it's it's I you know it's it's weird. It's a very weird thing. Anyway, so that's the motivation. Um, she wants now she wants to see if these kids are Can, good. Yep. Also, also, I'm not very clear. So is so did Penelope convince? Um, Hal to be the Black Hood? No, no, no. Hal was the Black Hood, and then Penelope learned about it and was like... And then made him more murderous. Yes. She loved his murderousness. Because he shot Luke Perry Andrews before he moved out of his house. Right. And they started having the affair. So they started having the affair. She found out he was the Black Hood. She was like, cool. More Black Hood. Yeah. Um, and then Chick is there as well. Because Hal was like, hmm, you seem like a weird, creepy young man. Have you considered doing a murder? This boy is so creepy. We also find out that Penelope learned about Griffins and Gargoyles from the house, the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. She introduced it to the parents. It didn't work the way she wanted it to, so she held on to it for years and years. Then she introduced it to Sheik, Chick, who introduced it to Ben Button, who introduced it to Dilton, who introduced it to... Uh, Ethel, and then it spread throughout the school. Yeah, I don't think that's exactly when we learned that, but yeah, that is that Isn't is something that, that we. I don't think so, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, we learned that as a they parsed out this information to make it more dramatic, but yeah, and I will say that we learned it because Chick was sleeping with Ben Button, which I didn't means realize, we saw him earlier, but we didn't realize, realize it was I didn't him. Realize it was Ben Button, but they show us a shot like we were supposed to be like, oh, you're supposed to piece this together. I'm like, we saw Ben Button so little. There's no way I'm going to parse it. That person is that person. Well, Ben Button also apparently appears in Sabrina, which I didn't recognize when I saw <laughs> him. So, like the actor or the character, the character. So wait, no, hold on. These have to be alternate universe things, right? He's play, he's playing Ben Button. They're very unclear. He delivers a pizza. Mm, you made a mistake, Roberto. Now magic's in the play. Well, anyway, Penelope decides it's time. It's time for one last game of her favorite game, Griffins and Gargoyles. <laughs> so the Midnight Children have to come outside to the lawn for the gathering to prove if they have dark hearts. Or yeah. pure hearts. So the basic point is that they have to 
I mean, man, she describes these rules so poorly, and the kids make a lot of assumptions. So they have to run into the forest, and they have to make it through the night, and they will encounter tasks along the way. However, they cannot run away, the, the, and they the, cannot choose not to do the tasks because they're watching them. Now, the thing is that, like, once again, because Penelope is a human being and not some sort of, like, demon beholden to deals, like, yeah, you kind of have to make certain assumptions. But her only, her only like, thing is, like, you have to survive the night. And then they start assuming they have to do all these trials. No, she says they have to do the tasks. Oh, well. I, was, I said... I, I wrote down make it through the night and the tests. Oh, I thought she said she said the the only test is to make it through the night and if you don't and if you like if you're not careful these gargoyles with with spears are going to kill you. The gargoyles with spears will also be trying to kill them while they do oh, the tests. Also, but Pen- that doesn't really come Penelope up. Penelope is in charge of the gargoyle gang. Now, we don't know who is under those masks. Because all the gargoyles joined the serpents and then became sheriff deputies except for kurtz but then kurtz had more gargoyles yeah remember the remember the big raid fight but the then, gargoyles got re those those worked for gladys mm, apparently they didn't aaron because kurtz still worked for the gargoyle king who was chick who's penelope blossom everything the gargoyles did the problem is they is that they could that this like the show could not decide if they wanted to do there is one gargoyle king there is many gargoyle kings so try to just not explain things to us so we'd be like ah they're the gargoyle king because also Tallboy was the gargoyle king but and Hiram was the gargoyle Car- king Tallboy explicitly stood in for the gargoyle king when he told him to but that but Hiram told Hal t- Tallboy to do that Tallboy was doing that for Hal. I'm just squinting at the wall, audience. I'm just squinting. Yeah, I know you're trying to parse this out so like it makes some sort of sense, but it doesn't. Well. All right, so they head into the woods. And uh, Jughead thinks that this is good news because Penelope clearly wants them alive. Otherwise, they'd be dead already. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, Jughead, don't jump to conclusions. Penelope wants torture. Let's jump back. Uh, Where Cheryl bursts into a weird fangs and they've done Keller this before, moment. Aaron. Just before they did it, there was a there was an audience. Remember, they just like to go into the like sexy temple room. Yeah, so what and they're stare at each other. Yeah, so what they're doing, if you might remember from an earlier episode, they're kneeling on like kneeling pads, staring at each other, and just like putting their hands against each other, like they're playing the mirror game. And Cheryl Burson is like, stop this nonsense, bitches. <laughs> don't you don't you understand? Uh, they are harvesting organs. They are doing these things. And thanks to Kevin are like, you're dumb, Cheryl. And so she's like, no, I'll take you to where they are. And then she goes there, and there's no organs. So where are the organs, Kevin? Because I thought they got sold to Penelope. No, no. Keep in mind that... So, here's the thing. Penelope says, I'm going to buy him bulk. That is a creepy way of saying... I'm buying Betty. I'm buying Betty. The organs have been moved because the farm is getting ready for ascension. Which means moving to a new town. Which means taking all the organs they have because organs are super expensive. Like, they're not just going to dump the organs in a, like, drain somewhere. Well, Cheryl says, the organs aren't here, but if I find proof, will you believe me? And I'm like, this is insane because of... Because Betty had proof last episode. Yeah, and she just didn't bring it to them. Cheryl's now just doing Betty the Betty thing again because apparently Betty did it poorly. Well, she's not doing a very good job of it because she just runs through a hallway <laughs> poking her head in each room. Yeah, she's like, I'll find evidence and then just runs off. 
until she finds a man in a wheelchair. And she's like, hey, dummy, wheel forward. Oh, Aaron, I wish she said, hey, dummy. She speaks in old English to him. She's like, what doth light cast upon this man? Reveal yourself, Satan. <laughs> you boggart and blaggart, come to me. I'm like, who decided this is the way she's going to speak right now? Well, you know what? She has some, uh, I mean, right now it makes no sense, but soon it'll make a lot of sense because she sees something that makes her scream. Yeah. We get we get another one of those Madeline Peisch. Peisch? 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 I don't um, know. Uh, it's also Madeline. Isn't it? It's Madeline. It's Madeline. It's Madeline. Cool. I didn't yeah. want to. I guess I think it's also like Madsen, but that's something. No. Else. Anyway, uh, Mad- we get another one of those Madeline screams, which we get <laughs> a lot. And I think I can spoil this. No, yeah, we can we can, do this. we can do this one. Then we can I, focus on other stuff. Because I guessed it at this point. Yeah, and I mean, I did as well. It's Jason Blossom. It's his body. Yeah, and when, which means that Cheek Cheek was not pretending to be Jason because he has nothing to do with the farm. They were literally showing him, showing Cheryl while she was hypnotized, her dead brother's dead body. Yeah, I guess it's so weird. Those are di- I, I was here's the thing. I was actually trying to find a connection between those, but I think yours makes more sense. Well, because earlier Jugs had said something. He was like, "Well, it couldn't have been Jason because even though his body's gone, him dead." And, uh, and Penelope looked at him like, "What? What? Wait, what? <laughs> his body's gone?" This makes it very clear. It is so much weirder that they are not connected. Let's, so much. Let's weirder. wrap up this uh, this thing very quickly because uh, later on, Alice goes to she goes to see um, Edgar, and she's like. You know, you said my daughter escaped, but I keep trying to contact her, and all I hear instead is rumors of harvesting. You want to tell me about that harvesting? <laughs> Ed, um, <laughs> Edgar, like, oh man, we need to put a button on this. You need to remind me about this at the end of the episode because right. Alice being like that is weird. But she, but like Edgar walks in, and is like, oh well, you see, Alice. I can't, I can't tell you about where Betty is, but I am about to reveal the truth of the farm. Bam, it comes Cheryl. And she does some screaming. <laughs> she just shouts. She's like, like, ah, oh, you do this. Ah, oh, you, you jerks. Ah, oh, you, you, you grave robbing. And you <laughs> know what? goes grave robbing. I understand that Cheryl can't control herself, but man, if she had went and got Fangs and Kevin and showed them that dead body instead of bursting into Edgar's room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. we'd have one less missing boy. Uh, so... And this is the part where I think of, like, why didn't he just... Like, he was clearly going to lobotomize Betty. Why doesn't he... Why didn't he lobotomize Cheryl? Cheryl actually has less people who care about her. Well, everyone that cares about Betty is in the farm. Well, yeah, but no one... There's no one in the farm anymore who, if Cheryl started acting quieter, no one would be like... Kevin, uh, he doesn't have time to do a lobotomy. They got to do a suicide. It's ascension do it time. Betty, I don't. I. I he decided to do the ascension after he decided after Betty got. I know, taken but it's away. so weird to me that when Cheryl was recaptured, he was just sort of like, "And now, please just stay in your room." I think he would lobotomize her, but he don't have time for that. All right, fine, maybe. And no one got time for a lobotomy tonight. All right, let's head back into the woods where right, they we're... find the first card. It's a red paladin card. And it's like, what is it? Fight the grizzled... Grizzled beast. And I'm like, oh my god, Archie has to fight a bear. Another bear. Oh my How god. did Penelope know? And then there's a roar. Well, he's, it's very... Oh, everyone knows he was attacked by a bear. 
No, it, the only person he told was Reggie. No, they they, they uh, mention it uh, early on that that starts getting around. Also, he has giant scars across his body. He's got a lot of scars on his body. Constantly shirtless doing boxing. That's true. I mean, also, if he was boxing, why wouldn't they say he, he, he has scars from a bear attack? That is awesome boxing promotion. He's very bad at promotion. And he, oh, but but Veronica's very good at it. That's true. Anyway, we hear a growl, and we were screaming about it being a bear. <laughs> nah, it's just a big man wearing bear skins. Who has bloody drool coming out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this has to be like a G&G player. How, Penelope has such bizarre control over things. Well, this man, he fights a boy. He's going to beat him with a leg bone, which is puzzling, but okay. Penelope did some set dressing. She's been prepping this for, I I don't know how long. Well, Grandma Rose says weeks, weeks maybe weeks. even months. Right. For an indeterminate amount of time, so we don't have to make you have to think about it too much. Which I appreciate. So, uh... They do some fights, Arch- it goes bad, but then it goes good. Yeah, Archie knocks him out with a leg bone, and... Then Archie is sad and sore. But he's okay. Yeah. This is one man he killed that he's not sad about killing. He's not dead. <laughs> he's not dead. He knocked him out with a bone. That's true. He's not dead. Like, the by, by show convention, since no one mentioned he is dead, he is not dead. He like, just knocked him out. Kevin, if we get an Archie killing a man... Actually, Archie's pretty happy at the end of this season, so... If he has another I killed a man sorrow... Look, we'll, we'll, we'll get into these trials... So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What made you happy this week? What made me happy this week? This was such a week. A week of so many TV shows. A week of rain. A week of snow. But the thing that made me the most happy this week is I've started reading a new urban fantasy series. And I was, like, invigilating at work on Monday. And I was like, oh, I need to read a new book. And I literally opened, like, four different books on my e-reader and, like, read the first page of them and was like, oh, I can't get into anything. <laughs> And then I landed on the first book in the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs, which I think is called like Moon Cold or Moon Fool. I don't know. But I'm liking it. It's about a feisty detective, not detective, a feisty mechanic who can also transform into a coyote. Cool. And all of her friends are werewolves. <laughs> also, there's a vampire. But she's also a, a gremlin. But she's a were coyote. No, she's like a skinwalker. Okay. Yeah, she's explicitly not a weird coyote because she can conf- control her transformations and okay. stuff. Okay, yeah, so that's the whole And it's not controlled by the moon. Okay, cool. I don't know. I'm not done the book yet. I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah. I was really only reading books about, like, fairies for a time. So I appreciate that I found another mythological creature or real creature to read about. Okay. What about you? What brought you joy this week? Um, I mean, my, mine's pretty simple. Uh, last night I had a – well, last night of the time we're recording this. Um, I had a book event at a local bookstore where I was able to read my book and meet some people. And I went there. Yep, yep. And uh, it was me and a bunch of other authors. We got moments. And it was just a – it was a fun – it was the first time I'd done something that was not at, like, a conference or a convention, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, was, like, at a bookstore being featured there. And that was really cool. That was a lot of fun. I need to make sure I do more of them. 
when we were in the car on the way home, mom and dad, dad was like, oh man, Kevin was the best one. You could really hear his theater training coming through. And then mom was like, he talks so much slower than he does in real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So before I, before I went up, I went over to my parents' places had to print some stuff off uh, and they let us use their printer. Yeah. <laughs> also, my printer doesn't work. So that works out for me. Uh, but... I went, I went over there and she's like, well, make sure when you do your do your reading, like, you slow down. I'm like, Mom, I have done so many readings. I speak online. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> he, he, well, and she was like, well, you talk fast in real life. And I was like, so, yeah, but, I talk fast but, I mean, in real life, too. Done me do, she's seen me do plays. She's seen you do Shakespeare. It's very, it's, it was a very weird call for her to make, to be, to be like, just a reminder of this thing that you've done a million times. But, you know, she's just... Their parents, they were yep. very happy. They thought you were the best. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. So, moving on, we get to the next challenge, which is for the en- Enchantress, which is Veronica. So, they have to do, and I don't know, and I don't know what, how this information reached Penelope, but she decided to do Spin the Bottle. Well, Cheryl was there, and it also took place at her house. Yeah, but I mean... Oh, it took place at the hunting lodge, didn't it? I don't think so. Oh, it took place at the house house. It it was season one. There's no way to know. Um, also, they went into a closet, and I don't think the hunting lodge has a walking closet that big. I will assume that Penelope likes to, like, perch on the top of the stairs and just watch her daughter's parties and be like, I wish I had had parties when I was a teenager. I assume Penelope was just like, ah, these, ah, these teenage millennials <laughs> with their spin the bottles. Anyway, they gotta do a spin the bottle. Yeah, but it, but, oh, there are six, um chalices and but one of them is poisoned and veronica has to pick her her closest companion and veronica says absolutely not and then the scroll says absolutely you will yeah because if you don't we'll just kill all of you and i appreciate that penelope knew veronica well enough to know that veronica would be like nope well i mean she has to be like 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 just remember reminding everyone and also if you don't do this you die archie's didn't have a warning she knew archie was gonna fight that bear well i think (laughs) i think like uh, it's weird anyway so she has to pick her closest companion which betty's like is me (laughs) I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> now, I know you're wondering. There's six chalices and a bottle spinning. What happens if the bottle doesn't land on a chalice? Well, I have good news for you. It never doesn't land on a chalice. It's carefully weighted and carefully <laughs> glued to that stump. Oh, it's definitely on like a, uh, what is it, a, a spinning, yeah, uh, yeah. a lazy Susan. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, a lazy Veronica. Well, they drink that. And, uh... They just have to go back and forth. Which was very unclear. Once again, yeah, the rules are very, like, they made a lot of assumptions. It's just you have to take turns drinking out the chalices. And here's the thing, though. That means one of them will die. I don't think they put enough weight on that. Yeah. Like, like, Veronica's like, are you sure about anybody? He's like, yes, I have faith, which um, I guess means I have faith I can overcome poison. Yeah, because, like, I thought it was just that they they each had to spin. Once. Once, or, or, like... I, the problem is, it's not an odd amount, so they each would have to drink yeah, all of them. Yeah, if there was an odd amount, that would make sense. But it just says, take turns spinning the bottle until one of you dies. And I'm like, if... At the, t- at the point where those things, like, like this isn't fair, Penelope. You said they have to survive the night, but then you just gave them a game that makes it impossible to survive the night. Well, don't worry. Because we get down to the last chalice, Betty knows that she, it has the poison. Because she has to drink it. I would love if she spun the bottle just for so it would land on that chalice. <laughs> 
But she's about to drink it, and Veronica takes it, and she drinks it. And then Penelope appears out of nowhere. Oh, it turns out it was a trick all along. You see, Veronica, it was, uh, actually, Jughead says this, it was, a, it was a character test. It was a test of character if you would do The this, pure heart or the, the dark heart. And I'm like, this is dumb. And then I think it's Archie. It could be one of the other ones, but Archie goes, oh, so there's no poison at all. Success. <laughs> no, they were all poisoned, but it's slow acting. So now, so now they need to get the antidote. So now it actually they they did this. Uh, here's the insane thing to me. So they so they set up this whole like trial thing, but they didn't raise the stakes until halfway through. Well, and also I thought the goal was to survive the night. So I didn't realize the Penelope. I should have realized the Penelope would have the antidote somewhere. Yeah, but I assumed what they had to do was survive the night, get out of the forest, and go to a hospital. No, no, she says she does say you have to go get the antidote. Okay. You have to finish the rest of the trials, get the antidote. So she she let two of them go by before being like, and now you're locked in. What also what just bugs me a lot about this is that it said pick your closest companion. What if she chose Archie, who was like her true love? I guess it's still the point is that she drinks the yeah. The point was to see yeah. So it wouldn't actually matter who the other person no, it doesn't. Is. It just would have been inconvenient if Archie had poison. Yeah, I guess. Um, also, Kevin, the stakes were always high because they can't escape. If they try to run away, they're going to get shot by gargoyles. Yeah, sure they Just are. Just now there's extra stakes. Yeah, sure they are. Anyway, there's a short scene. It's dumb. Archie's like, oh, Veronica, I love you. And Veronica's like, oh, I love you too. Nothing happened with Reggie after you left. And It's still bad. It's still bad. And now our sweet boy Reggie is going to be yeah. all alone. Yeah, there's like the super sweet scenes of like, like Archie, you don't understand. After you left, nothing happened with Reggie, which does not say if she broke up with him or just didn't have sex with him. Uh, but she's like, but I do. I actually love you. And I'm like, then you shouldn't have... T- you you should have said no to Reggie when he said he loves you. You can't say I love you to everyone who says yeah, I love to you the to you. to the person who's just close to you. Because she, cause we she, we were already getting the Archie-Veronica thing for, for like weeks before that. And the fact that Archie literally had to not be around. Also, girls... And boys, listeners, young listeners, I just want to give you a piece of advice. You know, a patented Big Sister Aaron piece of advice. You don't have to like someone just because they like you. You are not obligated to return someone's affections. So Veronica, just because Archie liked her... Thinks I, that she has to return someone's yeah, affection. I almost feel like that, like, the, like that Veronica feels that way because that's kind of a historical thing. That is inaccurate and unacceptable. You like who you like. Just because someone's nice, just because someone likes you, you don't have to like them back. Just be kind to them. The problem I'm getting a lot is that like all these like missions they're giving them for these things, like it would have been it. I feel like they should have led up to these points. Like the whole like Betty and Veronica thing would have been more impactful if they were in a fight before this. Well, there's also a thing where they were like, oh, you're my best friend. And I was like, are you? Yeah, because we have not seen that in this entire season. And uh, Veronica, I mean, Betty was basically incarcerated twice. And yeah. Veronica was not shown to care about it. Yeah. So, like... I feel like they're ha- they're this should have gone in a whatever should have gone a different way. Also, in the scene where the farm chased Betty like zombies, <laughs> uh, Edgar Evernever informed us that Kevin was Betty's best friend. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> so who's Betty's best friend? Show. <laughs> anyway, here's a short crazy scene. Alice breaks into <laughs> Cheryl's room holding a baby with yeah with Dagwood, and is like, "You have to escape. I'll show you how." 
they, go they, now, go. They unblock that secret tunnel. Because Edgar needs it to get organs out. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he used the tunnel to sneak all the organs out. Um, Alice will not run away with Cheryl because she needs to stay there for Polly. And at this point, I couldn't figure out what made this change happen. Yeah, it made no sense. It made no sense as to why Alice would all of a sudden now be like, no, now I have to be a good person. Well, she saw Cheryl do all that screaming. <laughs> wait, wait, I have the barest hint that this place might be evil? Maybe mm. she saw the corpse. And she was like, oh no. Oh, damn. It does have its mouth stitched shut. Yeah, it's very upsetting. Well, I mean, it's that, yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh dang, that corpse. Oh, shoot. Uh, it's actually really, pretty well preserved, I feel like, for two years on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, now Na- it's time for Jughead's quest. No. Now it's time for Nana Rose to throw a glass of water in Tony's face and be oh, like, right. Tony, wake up. The game is afoot. Yeah. She's like, Tony. She's, let's be clear. Nana Rose does talk in how a lot of people do in this show in very weird and ways, but she does make it pretty clear. Hey, yo. <laughs> All your friends are being hunted in the forest. But, you need to go save them. But then Tony's like, nah, I gotta get Cheryl first. And I'm like, oh, cool, priority, sure. Great. Cool. Now Jughead's quest. And now you now you would think, oh, Jughead, he, like, he's supposed thinker. to be a detective. This has to be something where clearly he, you know, he has to figure out a puzzle. He has to figure out what's going on. Nah, he's just gonna fight Chick with an axe. It's the bat. Well, no, Chick fights him with an axe. He tries to fight Chick with his words first. Sorry. Um. Well, they both lunge for the axe. Chick is just faster. Yeah, but then I, I was doing a thing, Kevin. <laughs> Chick fights him with an axe. Jughead fights Chick with his words. But then Chick is like, "But I like it when people are murdered in service of me." Yeah, yeah. Jughead does take a moment where he's like, "Hey, why did why did you do this?" Like, who doesn't want to be king? And just clear, this is not Chick's motivation of the Chick that we knew. The Chick that we knew wanted a family. He wanted to be loved. Well, he is loved by how. He has a dad now. I guess. A prison dad. I guess if they wanted to not have, like, stupid, dramatic lines, he could have said, well, now I have a dad. Which would have been more heartbreaking. Well, don't worry. Jughead smashes that walking stereotype character. Yeah. You know, not a real person, a character. Yeah. With a skull. And well, him also goes down. With, a, with, like, with like a like a horn from an ox. It's crazy. Yeah, it was like a... Well, because they have all these gargoyle head... Like, yeah. Not gargoyle heads, but yeah. like gargoyle king yeah, heads Yeah, like about. the cow horn and things like that. All the thing is that, like... So Penelope did not know what to do for him. <laughs> She's like, all right, well... Archie's a fighter, so he's going to fight a bear, and Veronica has to decide if she's going to be a good person or not, which I did not think was her storyline. Um, Jughead has to fight Betty's fake brother. I guess technically it's a battle of the kings, and technically Jughead is the Serpent King. Yeah, but that is not... Which just shows that Penelope knows nothing about Jughead. The amount of backflips I had to see you do as you were saying that sentence... Oh, no, I knew where I was going. I was started thinking about that when I wrote down Battle of the Kings. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sure that's what they were going for. Anyway, Veronica's wilting like a delicate flower from the poison. But he's still pretty good. Yeah, Jughead is still pretty sure that they need to, um, uh, like, figure out what's going on because it because Jason's Blossom's murder begat all of this. And I started to wonder if Chick was sleeping with Penelope. And I didn't like that I had that wonder, but some what? sort of lie. What? <laughs> No, nothing ever implied that. No, there was something that made me think it. Well. Something Jughead said. I. (laughs) No. Stop thinking people are sleeping with people. But they are. (laughs) 
Well, you are. I mean, so stop thinking the weirdest people are sleeping together. But they were. Because you thought. You thought. Alice was sleeping with Edgar, no, which no, is we, true. No, we knew Alice was sleeping with Edgar. You think Edgar is Charles. I know. Which, which I would say is thinking weird people are sleeping together, but for some reason you came in through a side door. I just, I'm watching too much Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, it's just a bunch of metaphors and a bunch of why yeah. is this happening. Uh, the pretty poisons, the serpents are getting ready to go get Cheryl. I should point out, with bows and arrows, so she was planning on killing a whole bunch of farm people to get Cheryl. Well, don't worry, she doesn't have to kill farm people, because up runs Cheryl, <laughs> holding Cheryl, a baby. Cheryl has run from... From the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, holding a baby, wearing heels. To Thistle House. And then, she, and then, then Grandma, she, Grandma Rose. Well, first, Cheryl or Tony's just like, oh, let me kiss you, let me love you. And then Nana Rose is like, no, the murder <laughs> game. Okay, okay, listen up, you stupid kids. Let me try to make this up really abundantly clear. My <laughs> Penelope Blossom is hunting down to kill Four human beings. You need to go save them. <laughs> I'm in a wheelchair and holding a baby. I can't go. <laughs> Just like, yeah, yeah, Tony. You know what? Maybe Tony and Cheryl are meant to be. And so then they Cause, announce. Because now Tony cares. Now the time has come. Pretty poisons and serpents. Ride. And notoriously missing from that scene is Sweet Pea. Well, because his actor costs more. Where is Sweet Pea? Is um, Peaches there? Yes. Okay. She's standing behind Tony when Tony's like, ride again! Well, I, I probably Sweet Pea has, since he's more of a recurring character than he, than uh, Peaches, he probably has a higher cost to... Peaches had no lines. Well... Sweet he... Pea has no lines. Well, yes, but Sweet Pea's been in the series since... That's true. Season I guess... two, so he probably, like... He... I guess they spent their money on Fangs this episode. Yeah, they got... He only got one. They got fangs. They don't need. They don't need sweet pea. That's what. That's what I essentially feel like. Is I feel like essentially, probably sweet pea is a supporting character, and Peaches is a reoccurring character. So Peaches, they, I think, is also a support. I think they're the same level. No, it, it depends. Anyway, on, yeah, acting is weird with that stuff. Anyway, Betty's challenge time. It is beautifully wrapped. It is a beautifully wrapped gun. All it says, and we'll make it clear, it says it's a gun, and it says one bullet. Luckily, Betty's very good with guns. We saw this last episode? Two episodes I, ago? I don't know. Well, Hal walks in. And he's like, Betty, you got one... Well, he takes off his hood so yeah. that she will know. <laughs> it's him. He's like, you got one choice. You shoot me. You know you want to. Or else I'll well, shoot you and your friends. And Betty's like, I really don't want to shoot you, Dad. And Hal's like, I really don't like being a murderer, so it'd be real cool... If you would shoot me. Well, here's the thing I think he's going for. He's like, Betty, this'll be this you give in to your darkness. This is what it's meant to be, your darkness. I thought he was just tired of being a murderer. No, he wants dark Betty. Now but he has the, a hook hand. The problem is that this doesn't make any sense to me because if he wants dark Betty, he would need her to kill someone out of anger or revenge rather than I will kill you and your friends. Because this is by, I would say, the logic of the show, a hero. Also, Hal doesn't want to kill Betty. Yeah, no, he very clearly wants Betty to shoot him so that he will, um, so that she will be dark Betty and his 
his evil seed will continue into the future. You know that's what he's thinking. Well, don't worry, because she shoots him. But she just shoots him in the hand, so he can't do more shooting. Can I point out that by, considering how the earlier scene had, oh, no, actually it was a trick. I was tricking you. I was, I was like, maybe Betty thinks there's blanks in the gun. I think she just doesn't want her dad to shoot well, no, her. Well, no, I know. But I, what I was thinking is that, like, by setting up earlier a trick, it makes it more, it makes it, it makes it this No, scene, no, I understood. I just didn't yeah. have the thought. Unfortunately. Anyway, she shoots him in the hand. And hey, according to the rules, it just said one bullet. Don't worry. Throughout all of this, Archie is, like, sidestepping around. <laughs> Archie came up with a plan. But, and no one's paying attention to him. Yeah, but then uh, Penelope comes in and does say Hal is a terrible serial killer, which is true. Hal has killed one person, Midge. Uh, I mean, he, well, he, here's the thing. He did kill all those people in the... Oh, yeah, but that was his hook. That wasn't him. <laughs> sure. He also did kill um, uh, Miss Grundy. Oh, he did kill Miss Grundy. Ki- and he killed the Sugar Man. The problem is that he, his ratio of people he's tried to kill versus people he succeeded in killing is not great for a serial killer. You know what, though? Though, so, once again, he did, have, he did have the big kill spree. He's, he's achieved his mission, though. Like, until he got the hook hand, his goal was to kill only bad people. Yeah. And he succeeded at killing the bad people, and he failed at killing the good people. Except for Midge. Uh, yeah, I mean... Because he killed the child molester yeah. and the child, the person who pushed drugs on children. Yeah. He did not succeed at killing Luke Perry Andrews, our sweet, sweet boy, or Moose, our other sweet, sweet boy. Yeah, his moral system is also very weird and doesn't make any sense. Anyway, anyway Penelope's real, real mad. <laughs> so she shoots him in the head. He's dead. Meanwhile, Archie's busy completing his plan. <laughs> she stuck around and grabbed the antidote off of the tree, and then... Penelope's not happy yeah, about Penelope's that. Yeah, Penelope's like, all right, well, kill all, kill all them. And I'm like, man, you don't even know the antidote's real. It could just be a fake antidote, but it is. Spoiler alert. And the kids get such a shot of adrenaline that Veronica and Betty are no longer feeling the effects of the poison because <laughs> they run full tilt. Yeah, it clearly is an adrenaline. Like, we're being chased by gargoyles. And conveniently, it's daylight out. Though isn't there this thing where it's like... uh the faster your blood pumps, the faster the poison. It doesn't matter. They yes, have the absolutely. They have the antidote now. So they go running off. And it's daylight, and then they see the cars with the gargoyles and the serpent. With the serpents and the pretty poisons. Yeah. And, and, uh, they, and those pretty poisons and maybe gargoyles. I don't know. They just start killing. Or sorry, and serpents. They just start killing gargoyles. They are very good with their archery practice. There is a lot of dead people, maybe boys, in the woods now. And then the girls take the antidotes, and then it's done. Yeah, well... Our heroes actually succeeded at something for once. I mean, yeah, that wasn't... Yeah. So the kids uh, decide this is the moment where they have to... Betty's like, all right, back to what I was doing before this. Let's go back and stop the ascension. (laughs) Yeah. So they run off to get the farmies, but... What? They're gone. And left behind are just piles... Of white clothes. It's very rapture. And a crying <laughs> Kevin Keller who says, I wanted to go with them, but I was told to stay behind so someone could say what happened. <laughs> and, and hey, he doesn't. He's just like, no, nah, they're gone. We'll never see them again. They're, go- they're gone. We'll never- it, it is a very reminiscent of I killed Jason. I killed Jason Blossom. I killed my brother. But now we have a whole summer break. But no, but no one ever like, okay, Kevin, please explain more. 
further details. Describe every beat of what happened during this. Yeah, because here's the thing. we They will not explain it during this. We are, we are supposed to assume, I guess, that they just apparated. I don't think we are. I think next season, the character who we meet at the end of this episode will have details well, about no, what Aaron, happened. No, Aaron, here's the problem. Magic is canon. Yeah. Mm. They did. I do not believe that magic is canon. Mm, they Roberto put, may want us to, mm, but they, they put they put Benjamin Button into River. No intentions of ever doing a formal crossover. The, the other the other option is that Greendale in the Sabrina universe is the afterlife. Nope, because Sabrina came out before this season. Oh, mm, well, that's a problem, then, isn't it? Came out in well, October. let's get the uh, denouement of this season. Nope, denouement. Uh, Where Jughead talks about how, hey, maybe stuff isn't terrible. For some reason, Pop Tates has been graffitied with a lot of gargoyle graffiti. That has to be a deleted scene, right? So the pretty poisons (laughs) and the serpents painted? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's nice of them. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. And Cheryl... Hangs out with Jason's corpse, oh. which is now in her house. Uh, it, that literally happens right after they paint pop tates. I, I, no, 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 I'm saying, like, is that her house? The thing is that she, it looks like, I thought she had the gargoyle statue sitting next to her. So I thought she was, she was, like, just going to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Oh, me, I thought the hallway was a hallway in her the very problem is, ornate house. The problem is both her creepy ornate house and the creepy. <laughs> and she was also carrying a, a cond- candelabra, which is reminiscent of her house. Yeah, the, the, but she also could have just carried from her house to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, because we know it's nearby. The problem is that her house has both Tony and uh, Nana Rose in it. That's true. So I think, I think it's more likely that she's visiting the empty thing i do oh, want to he... say we do we do hear a few things um yeah. the red dahlia missing uh chick chick jail. arrested hal finally dead yeah which betty's very sad about because as far as she knows right now hal was her better parent all right and now, her mom was raptured yeah <laughs> yeah uh so hermione is uh arrested <gasps> because well, I thought it was really clear in this scene that Hiram flipped on her and explained that she was trying to murder him. Yeah, so yeah, she's arrested for attempt for uh, conspiracy to murder, but then the next Which scene, is when, true, she did do yeah, that. Hiram is in rich like he's 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 the rich guy in prison he's lifting all those weights and then I, which I guess the, means he he has secret funds somewhere unless he's in his prison. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so dumb for them to do. So a man, who I can only assume is the new warden, yeah. comes up to Hiram and is like, I did what you said. The evidence. I called the FBI and I planted some evidence. And I'm like... <laughs> what? Okay. I mean, I guess he planted the evidence of... That already the, existed. That, things that happened. I don't know. I guess we'll learn more about that next season. And then Hiram... Goes, hmm, Veronica doesn't even know what's coming. And I'm like, I don't even know what's coming. Why are you attacking your 16-year-old, Hiram? She's 16. <laughs> why is this? Why? He has to have lost so much respect in his mafia industry that his main opponent is his 16-year-old daughter. Why are you once again punishing someone else <laughs> by sending them to jail because you're mad at your daughter? Yeah. <laughs> it's... He this has is one the only move he has. The, well, no, his other move is lying about real estate. So <laughs> he has two true. moves. 
we do have to stop over to Archie and his El Royale where he's boxing with Mad Dog. Like, I'm Mad Dog for this episode, but not Sweet Pea. And then he's like, hey, Mad Dog, I have a really cool plan. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to implement it because I'm 16. I think Riverdale needs to be a good place, not a sad place. So I want to keep my gym, but I also want my gym to be ahem, a halfway house or... A community center. (laughs) Those are two different things. You have to make a choice. Uh, He just wants his place to be a place where sad kids can have fun and sometimes sleep. Yeah. Which, you know, is not bad. Um, Archie needs some adults to help. I guess Mad Dog's an adult. Mad Dog is an adult. (laughs) And Mad Dog is very into this plan. Uh and then we have a scene where the FBI arrives. So a handsome young blonde man named Agent Smith arrives. And we learn... <sighs> okay, so, hey, you know this entire season where Alice has just been the worst human being ever and like all just done all those bad things? Just and like a garbage, and, abuse, and abusive mother? And we've talked over and over about how she is um, irredeemable and all these things. Hey, don't worry, it's okay. Turns out she's been working with the FBI all along. She's an informant. She's the woman on the inside. That's why she gave all those interviews with um uh with Edgar about how her daughter's evil. I mean, yeah, that that actually makes sense. I... It's the things she did to Betty that make less sense. Yeah, it's do do you think this was their plan from the beginning, like of the season? Um. No, I think that they saw too much feedback about how Alice was the worst human who ever human. <laughs> so, so they, so they did the, they did the, almost the equivalent of it was all a dream. However, yeah. I have to say this thing, and then I will say yeah. more of my thoughts. So it turns out they do know about the harvesting. They had almost, almost got him three towns ago, but yeah. they needed more details on the inside. They definitely want some teenage help. That explains why Alice is doing the really obvious. Um, what else was I hear about harvesting thing? I think she was wearing a wire. Yes. So they would like the teenage detective help because they're very good detectives. And then he's like, oh, I hear you're a pretty good detective. And Betty's like, this this familiar teasing. Do I know you? And he goes, oh, yes. Alice and I met because I'm Charles. <laughs> yeah. And now, to be fair, Charles in the comics is like a secret service. No, yeah, that makes sense. That was a very good so comic reference. Maybe they did know all along. Uh, who knows? Like, I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It Once again, I think they, like, it. it's weird that, that maybe the new thing is supposed to be when, she, when Alice has come back. It's going to be, Betty, I had to do this stuff to protect Polly by pretending to be a, an agent. But then Betty's going to be like, but you still did a lot of really bad stuff. And that is interesting Mm -hmm. it will definitely be something to struggle with and lily and ooh, i can't pronounce alice's name i'm really sorry i'll watch a video for next time um are both really strong actors yeah so as long as they're given some good material so if anyone can pull it off it'll be them if they end up going that route of essentially alice being like i had to do this for polly I had to be these things. I didn't think you'd hear those. To be fair, there's no reason why she would possibly think that Betty would hear those tapes. She's yeah. definitely only saying them to really, like, draw Edgar. Yeah. But th- there, was just, there was just a few times where it seemed the like... The house? The gaslighting? Yeah. There's a few times where it seemed like Alice... Like, th- there has to be a scene where Charles has to be like, I told Alice she could not tell you. Which I think makes 
a lot of sense. <sighs> Charles, yeah, guess, Charles yeah, doesn't know Betty. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, would you knows? be like, oh, yeah, hey, Shelly Weir, you're going undercover in a criminal organization. Maybe don't tell your 16-year-olds. No, I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Like, it's if I I hope they go that route. That is actually probably one of the ways they could redeem Alice is have essentially Alice be like, "I'm sorry, I did these things. I had to do it for this." And Betty, Betty being like, "You kind of went overboard." And Alice being like, "Yes, I'm a very bad actor." So hey, that is that is one of the that is one of the ways they could redeem her. So that is that is interesting, and I'm interested. And also now the FBI is just in town, so they have. They can't do the crazy stuff anymore. The FBI is literally setting up in town. I have a question. Yeah. Why quarantine? <sighs> so Veronica says that Smithers is their legal guardian. So all the kids are hanging out in pop tapes, just like debriefing over their crazy <laughs> junior year. This really weird, like, this is our last, like, it's a very ham-fisted, like, oh, this is our last year, guys. Oh, I don't want any more, like, new murder cults and like, creepy things like that. I mean, to be fair, Archie does not want any more dumbness. He never understood it the entire time it was happening yeah. anyway. No more dark things. And they all look, yeah, it's going to be a good year. And they pick up their milkshakes. And they go, ting. Smash cut. Spring break. Senior year. This is one year later. There is a bonfire. Everyone's wearing their underwear. Well, They're no, Aaron. Archie, Jughead, and Veronica are wearing their underwear. No, Archie, Betty, and Veronica are Sorry. wearing their underwear. Sorry, that was my bad. Archie is holding Jughead's beanie, which, which is, I was going to build to. Which is covered in blood. You're just well. Also, the humans are covered in blood. Yes, everyone's covered in blood. They have to burn the beanie. They have to burn all their clothes. Then they have to wash the blood off in the swing pool. Then they have to never speak of this again. And that is... Not even to their parents. And that is all said by Betty. So I think they're implying... They're doing a little dark Betty here. And Jughead is definitely not dad. Oh, no. Absolutely not. (laughs) This definitely is a misleading... Oh, by the... I mean, this is very clear because that happens. And then they go back to milkshakes and they pull back. And I'm like, okay... That's, I guess that's a very upfront way you can, <laughs> you can tease your next season. Ah, here's how next season's going to end. Ooh. Ooh. Like, that's, oh, wow. But here they go, into their senior year, friends forever. Oh. <laughs> I did like that ending. It was unnecessary. Let's just end it with... I mean, even Agent had, Smith saying, I'm Charles. Yeah, and even if they, like, they did a lot of other foreboding stuff, I don't like the, well, let's, you might be wondering how I got here. Like, it was essentially that type of thing. Well, and you know, I don't actually, I don't need the cliffhanger to make me want to come back, because I'm at, I am actually am interested in seeing how this town recovers from... The the weird thing, the, the weird thing is that I'm interested in seeing how, because this season was really uneven and weirdly written mm-hmm. and i'm almost interested in seeing how the show recovers from some of the weirdness of it yeah and it has set some things up that show things like that like the charles and the reveal of alice being informant mm-hmm. and like those are things that show a show pulling back but i don't know it's a very weird episode So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment moment where logic led up 
lined up all of its main characters in order to perform many tests on them, but had no end game to the tests, and the end result was just drama. I did, and this was actually a scene that we liked, but it was just a moment in the scene. Yep. And it was Betty looking at Charles and saying, do I know you? <laughs> it is It is like a very, like, like, they were talking about, like, how do we get to this point? It's like, well, Betty should recognize him. <laughs> Whereas, could he not have just said, also, Betty, I have another reason for wanting to be the agent who came here and talked to you about this. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it, it felt really like. like was he not going to tell her unless <laughs> she recognized him? Who who knows? We don't know, know enough about Charles. We don't know anything about Charles except that he's so handsome. <laughs> Can you imagine if he's like, also, I also like to go by chick. Can you imagine if he <laughs> secretly had the gargoyle tattoos? Because we saw a chick's back and those did not look like tattoo tattoos. Those looked like... The uh, problem is it's very dark, so it was hard to tell. They looked like bloody knife marks. Also, he, so he gave the tattoo to, to Chick. This had to have been a while ago because we were, we were talking about how long ago it was. He gave it to Chick when he had sandy hair. And he's had red hair now for a, a while. Time. We didn't really mention this, but... Um, Penelope does just treat him as Jason. Oh, he is Jason. She is a crazy human. Mm-hmm. Kevin, what's your CW moment? My CW moment for this episode is a character who makes no sense as to why they exist in this episode and does nothing. It's Sister Woodhouse. She holds a gun. She holds a gun and is like, oh, no, I killed the nuns. But I'm like... But Penelope could have just killed the nuns. Like, she could have just done that. Sister Woodhouse being there makes everything make less sense. And when it's like, oh, well, she taught me about poisons. And I'm like, but you also could have learned about poisons from your weird, creepy greenhouse. Yeah. And your weird, creepy books. You live in a creepy house. And then if her entire motivation is like, I hate Riverdale for letting me get sold, Woodhouse was the one who did it. We assume she was the head nun. Well, but the fact that any It doesn't matter. Of, she was a nun. Yeah, the fact that, that, that she was like, oh, no, but this nun's the good nun? I don't know. Like, the fact that she blames the town for something that she has willingly said is a secret and no one knows, but she does not blame... Like, I understand she's supposed to be, like, a little bit unhinged and stuff like that, but the fact that she doesn't blame the person who is directly related to what is going on makes me almost think that Woodhouse is in charge of what's going on. I'm also going to sidebar this. <sighs> Why does she not want Kevin Keller there? Because wasn't Kevin, wasn't Daddy Keller one of the Midnight Club? No. No, he was one of the other groups. He was in the other groups. You know who she really should want there? Her own daughter, who she very clearly hates since her own daughter tried to chaotically burn her down. Well, I mean, also, she didn't get her own daughter out of the farm. She just got Betty. <laughs> That's why I said, like, like when we say that no one cares about Cheryl, it's kind of, like, except for Tone, like, it's kind of true, like... And Nana Rose. Yeah, but Penelope Blossom went there and was like, I want one more thing, Betty. And then Edgar's like, what about your daughter? My no. who? No, 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 Edgar. <laughs> I have a plan. <laughs> I'm doing something, Edgar. I'll come back and get Cheryl later. <laughs> Just tell her to get a ride home from soccer with her aunt. <laughs> and Edgar's like, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Oh, man. Yeah, so Sister Woodhouse is mine. I This was quite an episode. Um, and I think we will do a, uh, well, probably next episode. Yeah, a Not season probably. retrospective. Next episode, we will do a season retrospective. There is one thing I want to say that will be... The thing that we will end this on, so 
Uh, <laughs> you know, hey, if you like this episode, you should give us a rating, a review, a subscription. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcasts, Podcasts, Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, we'll hope to hear from you in the next episode. But I have a question for the audience before our other questions. He's quantifying this so I don't say anything. Yeah. Because uh, I'm wondering, Aaron, does Farm have anything to do with G&G? So the farm has nothing to do with G&G. So the farm has nothing to do with G&G? Okay, how quickly can I burn this house to the ground? After all this and more next time on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fire cast. <laughs>